The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. One moment, a business is on top of its game, profitable and well-respected. In the next moment, it could be the victim of a major fraud with potentially catastrophic consequences. Financial losses, damaged reputation, diminished stakeholder value, scrutiny, even bankruptcy. These stories are all too common in today's business headlines. While some organizations recover, others don't make it. How do you minimize the risk of fraud and avoid the devastation? Welcome to Fraud Talk with host Chris Marquet. Our goal is to prevent your organization from becoming one of the statistics. Now, here is Chris Marquet. Welcome, welcome, welcome back, fraud talkers and fraud stalkers and even you fraudsters who happen to be listening. I am your host, Chris Marquet, on the Voice America Network platform and uh, pleased to be here with you. We air every day, every week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard and you can listen to us live right now or at your leisure with an audio file. Um, this week, we have a terrific show with a wonderful and knowledgeable guest, Jim Ratley, who is president and CEO of the Association of Certified Fraud Examiners, uh, and Jim will be joining us uh, shortly. Uh, for those of you who don't know me, uh, I'm a licensed private investigator. Uh, I started with uh, Kroll Associates way back in 1983, and uh, have, you know, as an investigative uh, analyst type grunt, uh, but grew up uh, now th- more than 30 years later with my own firm, Marquet International, uh, basically a boutique uh, mini Kroll, providing a variety of litigation support and investigations and security type consulting services for clients around the globe. Um, And one of the areas that I've been involved with uh, over the years and indeed has become a specialty is that of fraud, business fraud. Um, And every year we put out the Marquet Report on Embezzlement, Uh, but today we're going to be talking about the report to the nations that the ACFE puts out, a terrific report that that Jim and I will be talking about uh, as we get into it. Um, And as I like to say, you know, uh, at any time, anywhere, in any organization, there's always somebody, somebody who's up to no good. So fraud, you know, is claiming victims as we speak. Uh, and we are here, and the Association of Certified Fraud Examiners is specifically here to help try to tamp it down, minimize it, squelch it, um, and uh, otherwise uh, prevent fraud from occurring and, and victimizing you and your organizations. Uh, and to you fraudsters who happen to be listening out there, your day is coming because uh, what goes around comes, comes around. And what, if there's one thing I've learned, uh, these cases are being increasingly prosecuted and found out. Uh, so your day is coming. Um, this week, we cataloged at least 16 major embezzlement cases. Um, 
in, around the United States with about uh, nearly $5 million in losses to the various uh, victim organizations. Uh, and these are cases just, uh, you know, with $100,000 in losses or more. Uh, again, I think this is just the tip of the iceberg. There are lots and lots of cases, fraud matters that uh, that simply don't uh, surface to the level of, of becoming the public. Uh, and it's costing U.S. businesses and indeed businesses around the world, as you're going to hear from Jim, uh, billions and billions of dollars. It's simply uh, devastating. So uh, today, um, again, we'd like to have your calls. And if you'd like to join Jim and myself uh, on, the, on the line or in the discussion or have a question, please call us 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790 if you'd like to j- join the discussion. You can reach us online on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, hashtag Fraud Talk or uh, at Fraud Talk. And also follow our Fraud Talk blog on Blogspot. Uh, you can also email me directly, chris at marquetinternational.com. That's M-A-R-Q-U-E-T, international, all one word, dot com. If you have a question, a comment, or a suggested fraud of the week, uh, we'd like to take those. So this week, uh, speaking of which, uh, fraud of the week, uh, our, this case comes from uh, Fraud Talk listener Julie out in Washington State. It involves a man who was a local bookkeeper for a uh, a dentistry practice, and he's also a professor of finance at a local university there. Uh, he was just sentenced uh, for embezzling about uh, a little bit more than $800,000 from the, the dentistry practice. Um, and from the Walla Walla Union Bulletin a few days ago, uh, this uh, university professor, self-employed bookkeeper, um, he's going to spend 18 months in prison. Uh, his name is Dana G. Thompson uh, in College Place, uh, Washington. He was um, a uh, professor at, as as I said, the Walla Walla University Finance, and he was a bookkeeper for about 13 years with the dental care uh, business for Dr. Dan Lazure. Um, And so what happened here was that just this past April, he pled guilty um, and uh, to uh, wire fraud charges. Essentially, you know, as usual, a uh, very simple uh, scheme here, writing checks to himself without proper authorization, either writing them to themselves or to, his, to bank institutions, to other people under the guise of insurance company uh, refunds, and, uh, and then uh, essentially having them electronically uh, transferred uh, ultimately to his own accounts. And so this fellow, again, I think on, on many levels, this is, uh, this is very sad. Of course, it, it requires somebody who is uh, you know, trusted by the organization. And what we've seen over the years, again, is uh, interestingly, dental practices common victims of this type of uh, embezzlement uh, case where, you know, I'm sure um, Mr. Thompson was the only bookkeeper for this, uh, for this uh, business and probably had all levers of control in the finances and was able to make the transfers and cover them up without, without any real uh, question uh, or uh, issue. Um, so he was sentenced to 18 months in prison, I'm sorry, 18 months in prison, which to me, again, $800,000 stolen, I think 18 months is a pretty easy way to get off. 
um, and a little bit of a little bit of restitution, full restitution. But as we learned uh, recently, I mean, oftentimes the restitution never happens, and you can rely on some insurance. You could try to recover civilly, uh, but oftentimes it uh, it never you never get whole uh, after the fact. Um, so. Uh, what I'd like to do at this point is uh, just we're going to introduce Jim um, to, uh, to the show. Uh, Jim, uh, Chris Marquet here. Thanks for joining the show. Hello, Chris. Thank you so much for having me. Jim, you uh, you came from the Dallas Police Department uh, way back when, uh, 1971, I think you joined there. And after 15 years, you then... Um, joined uh, Wells & Associates, a uh, forensic accounting firm run by Joe Wells, who then uh, founded the ACFE. Uh, and then you became the program director uh, overseeing all the training and ed educational programs in 1988. Um, ultimately, 2006, you become the president of the ACFE and uh, are um, uh, now in charge and, and have been for for these past eight years of the of the whole organization. Um, tell us a little bit about the ACFE and uh, the mission, um, etc. Well, Chris, back in 1988, Joe Wells and I were working fraud cases, and we realized at that point that there was first off the term fraud and examiner did exist, but they weren't used together. Um, we had a wealth of people that asked us how we began, how we did what we did, how we learned what we learned, and we realized that there was a big void there as far as education, and and actually there was a, the bigger void was in acceptable procedures for fraud examiners, um, and that sprang forth the idea of the. ACFE. We felt that uh, there was a need for training, and since day one, since June of 1988, when we first announced the program, um, ACFE has been received with open arms. And ironically, I went to the library that was back before the internet to try and find information that we could use to prepare training material, and there were two books on fraud. And Amazing. Both of them, yeah, both of them said fraud's really bad and you need to do something <laughs> about it, but they they stopped right there. So all of the, the how-to, the hands-on stuff provided by the ACFE, um, since 1988, we have created ourselves in-house. So, um, yeah, and I've under, I understand now that the organization has grown dramatically over these past 25 years uh, to the point where I think you have, what, more than 70,000 members worldwide. It's not just a U.S. organization, correct? Right. We've got almost 72,000 members from over 155 countries. Uh, wow. We have training sessions throughout the world. Um, I got an invitation over the weekend to come to Kuala Lumpur and speak for, for about fraud. Wow, that's that's terrific. So um, the the certification, the main certification uh, that the ACFE uh, provides is called the Certified Fraud Examiner, the CFE, uh, which is a well-respected um, accreditation. Um, tell us about, um, we have a couple of minutes, tell us about how one goes about obtaining the uh, CFA uh, certification. Well, the you know, first off, someone would have to take the uniform, take and pass the uniform CFE exam. It's four parts. 
It deals with investigative techniques, um, criminology, financial transactions, and the legal aspects of fraud. Um, you have to have two years of experience before you can become certified as a fraud examiner and pass the exam. From there, you have to maintain CPE, continuing professional education, each year. Right. So, and then, and what does that involve? Well, that is, you, you've got to have a certain amount of your continuing education dealing exclusively with fraud. There is also a requirement that part of this, the continuing education, be on ethics. And, and you know, we feel very strongly that um, it's important that you stay in touch with the latest frauds that are happening. And and here's an interesting thought that um, you know there is a finite number of frauds. I mean, there are only so many ways that you can steal, and we've got um, on our website the fraud tree, and it lists every fraud that can be perpetrated, and and that has not changed in you know since we started the association. What has changed is the techniques people use to perpetrate the fraud, and that's why the continuing education is so important that someone stay um, familiar with the latest. Um, methods that the fraud perpetrators are using to perpetrate the same old frauds. Right, yeah, and that that is critical. Uh, things do change, but things also say the same, it seems to me. Uh, you know, as, as I mentioned in the uh, the case of the week, you know, somebody basically writing checks to themselves uh, to embezzle from a company that they that they've been entrusted as the uh, as the uh, as the bookkeeper for is is, is absolutely typical. Um, well, let, let's uh, we're going to take a short break here, and we're going to come back and continue with uh, Jim. Jim Radley, the president and CEO of the Certified Fraud, the Associated Certified Fraud Examiners, uh, in a couple minutes here. So thank you, and we'll be back shortly. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Our highly competitive business world is fraught with risks and challenges. Critical business decisions must be made on a daily basis with precision when significant capital is at risk. When your organization is faced with a decision point involving opportunity and risk, consult with Marquet International, global experts in due diligence, investigations, and litigation support. Marquet International professionals assist organizations with vetting key individuals and businesses as well as conducting sensitive employee or executive misconduct investigations. Our experts work with corporate counsel to develop facts and intelligence related to parties and circumstances in litigation, including conducting interviews, deep background investigations, and asset recovery inquiries. We are recognized in the area of fraud investigations, response and business controls consulting. When circumstances require sensitive and professional fact-finding, turn to Marquet International, world leaders in investigations and risk mitigation. Visit MarquetInternational.com or call 617-733-3304. How do you feel about the future? Tune in each week for Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life with host Kate Ebner. 
You can be a great leader by learning from the inspiring stories of amazing visionaries who are shaping our future. Everyone deserves to create their own vision, and Kate and her guests will share the tools that you need to make it happen. Make a weekly visit to the Voice America Business Channel for Visionary Leader, Extraordinary Life, every Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. Be inspired. Become inspiring. Leadership is a vital skill set in today's competitive global economy. Being a leader is not enough. To succeed, you must optimize your performance and know how to imbue others in your organization with leadership skills. Practical, actionable leadership insights are the focus of Leadership Development News, hosted each Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern, by Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler on the Voice America Business Channel. Doctors Greenberg and Nadler, who coach global leaders on how to be most effective, will share their insights and contacts. The path to leadership excellence begins here. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to Fraud Talk with Chris Marquet. If you have a question or comment about the show, please send an email to Chris at marquetinternational.com. That's C-H-R-I-S at M-A-R-Q-U-E-T international.com. Now, back to Fraud Talk. Okay, and we are back. Uh, I am your host, Chris Marquet, and we are speaking today with uh, Jim Ratley, the president and CEO of the Association of Certified Fraud Examiners, also known as the ACFE. And um, Jim, I, I failed to mention you uh, back in 2005 were, were awarded the ACFE's Cressy Award, the, the organization's highest honor bestowed annually for lifetime achievement in the de- detection and deterrence of fraud. Jim has also been uh, named one of the top 100 most influential people by Accounting Today magazine, both in 2012 and 2013. And uh, he's also the author of a number of articles and um, been recognized around the world as a key an influential person in uh, in the area of fraud prevention, detection, and education, which, of course, is the main mission of the ACFE. Correct, Jim? Yes, that's correct. Great. So the the ACFE uh, each year uh, puts out a, a, an annual report about fraud affecting. Uh, businesses. Uh, I think originally it started out really focused in the United States, but as the organization grew, it kind of expanded beyond the borders. And as you grew with members globally, uh, the survey really is a global survey of fraud. Uh, and it's called the Report to the Nations. Uh, and essentially, uh, it is, includes a survey of the of uh, member of of its members uh, about their experiences with uh, in fraud situations. Uh, Jim, tell us uh, tell us how the survey is conducted, uh, if you will. Well, Chris, back in the early '90s, we realized that there was a, a need for this information, primarily to put a face on fraud. Um, when you're talking in your fraud of the week about someone writing themselves eight hundred thousand dollars worth of checks. People learn how the fraud was perpetrated, but they don't really learn the effect that it had on the organization. Uh, so we developed this survey 
for our membership to to find out to educate ourselves because as in our in our profession as it is with any other profession knowledge is power um, and and a lot of the stuff that came in on the survey, Joe and I, who've been working for our entire career, expected, but there was a lot of information there that um, we weren't aware of. So we've educated ourselves, and um, we've helped to put a face on fraud so that the CEO of a corporation can see what's likely to happen and what effect it will have on them and on their employees. Yes, and this report, by the way, uh, for you folks listening, uh, you can download the entire thing in PDF format as well as prior years through their archives at the acfe.org uh, website. Is that the, the, that's the right uh, website, uh, Jim? Uh, acfe.com, Chris. I'm sorry, acfe.com. Um, one of the things, I mean, one of the, you know, when we try to quantify fraud, you know, globally or, you know, domestically or globally, um, you know, I, I've heard statistics all over the the spectrum, you know, five to ten percent of sales, depending on the of the industry, uh, quote unquote leakage. Um, your survey estimates about five percent losses of revenue, you know, five percent of revenues, um, which applied to 2013 numbers is about three and three point seven trillion dollars globally. That's a staggering number. Well, it is. It's a staggering number. It's five percent of the gross revenue. But let me suggest to you that even that number is a soft number because it's not uncommon for somebody to encounter a fraud and not call it a fraud. They either, as a matter of fact, oftentimes they don't terminate the person. Um, sometimes they just fire them and move them out of the organization. So we're talking about reported frauds, and you have to ask yourself, and that's the vast unknown, how much of that is is unreported, but even at the reported frauds, um, I heard a statistic here a while back that you know fifty one percent of business failures are directly attributable to fraud. Well, and that's ama- yeah, that's amazing. It can have uh, a devastating effect. Absolutely devastating. So, uh, so I mean, in reality, the number worth you know the the number the five percent figure is really probably a bottom threshold, and we're talking about because there's so much stuff. You know, I like to talk about the iceberg. You know, what we see on top is just really a part of it, and there's a lot underneath that never gets reported, does doesn't rise to the level, or maybe it doesn't get even get discovered. Um, Am I right about that? Oh, you're you're right on there. There's you know the vast majority, I would guess, never uh, is never reported and even never discovered, as you say. So now you guys classify the uh, fraud. You know, you describe occupational fraud, and uh, tell me, you, you classify that in three different categories. Tell me, tell me about that. Okay, you've got asset misappropriation. Um, You've got corruption, and then you've got financial statement fraud. And the most common fraud is going to be the asset misappropriation. That is, um, that's what people have the opportunity to steal. And, and that ranges from somebody that you, you mentioned that wrote themselves $800,000 worth of checks, um, you know, on up to people embezzling incoming funds. Um, corruption involves someone taking a kickback. Um, and then, of course, you have financial statement fraud, which is 
as far as the number of frauds, that's the smallest one of the of the trio there. Um, you know, the asset misappropriation accounts for about eighty percent of the fraud you encounter. But when you start looking at the dollar loss, you find that the financial statement fraud results cover eighty percent of the lo- of the financial loss. And uh, you don't have as many of them, but they are much more devastating, as we've seen in some of the larger frauds, Enron, for instance. Um, And they're perpetrated by senior executives, usually. And one of the things, I I was just teaching a class at University of Texas to a bunch of uh, graduating students. And the last day, I told them, I said, you've got to set a baseline of ethics. You have these financial statement frauds. They were thought up by senior executives, but they were perpetrated by accountants. You know, the accountants right. were pushed into doing this. Yeah, so, what, so it's yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, oh, so what we're talking about, we're talking about CFOs of organizations or senior level executives who they want to either beef up revenue so they can get a bigger bonus or or, or payout in some fashion. Um, that's that's what you're talking about when, with these types of cases, correct? Exactly. Yes, that, that's exactly it. Right. And then, but the bulk of these cases, we're talking embezzlement, larceny, basically theft from, you called asset misappropriation, which is a theft, you know, theft from the organization in one form or the other, um, yeah. you know, I, I broadly, I broadly just describe it as embezzlement, but it includes, you know, it could be theft of inventory that then gets sold off, you know, through eBay or what have you, um, converted to uh, to cash for or by the perpetrator, and then um, what you're talking about corruption, um, your second category, that's uh, typically some kind of a collusion. Um, between parties where it where you where you have kickback and maybe a vendor situation um, somebody's um, submitting false uh, false invoices that get paid or it could be ta- we could be talking about the uh, you know foreign corrupt practices act types of uh, violation correct oh yes that, that's correct and and you know you, the vendor schemes that you mentioned that's probably the most common form of corruption that you can encounter but it encompasses a, a wide range of things from someone purchasing services they don't need in order to receive something in return for the contract to just a, the plain old kickback. You know, you buy my product and I'll give you back 5%. Yeah, you know, one of the things that uh, is just shocking to me and uh, – you know, I catalog, you know, the fraud of the week and, you know, the cases each week. Just, and we're just looking at these asset misappropriation type cases alone, never mind all of the other stuff that's going on. It, to me, you know, you have, you know, uh, what did I call it? 16 cases of the past week, over $100,000 in losses in each, in each case, just in the past week, just in the United States. To, you know, it's more than two every single day. To me, it's staggering the number of these things. How frequently this is going on. Um, what, what's your impression of that? Well, it, it's overwhelming, and uh, and it's imperative that the organization, whether they be what we call a small business of under a hundred people, 
or a larger one with over 100, it's imperative that they have a way first to detect this, but secondly, a way to respond to the information, whether it be through a tip or a red flag that they've seen, a way to go in and find out. Um, companies that don't have their reporting mechanism or the response mechanism are are just asking to be a victim, whether they realize it or not. Right, and and, and I want to get into that area. We're going to talk uh, some more about the uh, the report to the nations, and then we'll we'll also talk uh, a bit about uh, you know Jim's uh, thoughts on preventive measures. And I think the critical part here, I mean, the the Association of Certified Fraud Examiners' mission is to educate. Uh, individuals out there. We're talking about people, they become certified fraud examiners who are in positions in the security departments, in the internal audit departments, in accounting firms, etc. out there who are investigating uh, frauds, hopefully uh, putting in place policies and procedures that will help organization to prevent, deter, detect, and prevent frauds from happening. Correct, Jim? That's correct. So we will be joined, uh, we will come back, we're going to take another uh, short break here, and we will come back with uh, Jim Ratley, again, the President and CEO of the Association of Certified Fraud Examiners, the ACFE, and uh, thank you all, we'll be back in a couple of minutes, thank you. the market's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now. Toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Our highly competitive business world is fraught with risks and challenges. Critical business decisions must be made on a daily basis with precision when significant capital is at risk. When your organization is faced with a decision point involving opportunity and risk, consult with Marquet International, global experts in due diligence, investigations, and litigation support. Marquet International professionals assist organizations with vetting key individuals and businesses as well as conducting sensitive employee or executive misconduct investigations. Our experts work with corporate counsel to develop facts and intelligence related to parties and circumstances in litigation, including conducting interviews, deep background investigations, and asset recovery inquiries. We are recognized in the area of fraud investigations, response and business controls consulting. When circumstances require sensitive and professional fact-finding, turn to Marquet International, world leaders in investigations and risk mitigation. Visit MarquetInternational.com or call 617-733-3304. What do business and sports have in common? Both are based on competition, and the goal of each is the same, to win. If you're in business, you need an edge over your competitors. You need to innovate and improve. You need to make adjustments to stay ahead of your competition. Tune in to The Business Locker Room with Kelly Riggs. Get the playbook and the coaching you need to improve your business performance. The Business Locker Room airs live every Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. 
Do you need directions to solve financial future? If so, the Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with a roadmap to making smart money decisions in every area of your personal finances. Join Jordan every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 3 p.m. Eastern for the Money Answer Show on the Voice America Business Channel. Learn how and where to get the best deals on mortgages, cars, and insurance. Find out the best ways to save for college and retirement. Get out of debt, improve your credit rating, and save on your taxes. The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with great tips on investment opportunities in real estate, stocks, annuities, and other investment vehicles. That's the Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman on the Voice America Business Channel every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Up-to-date business and financial news. Call now and get the financial information you need. 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. The experts are here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to Fraud Talk with Chris Marquet. If you have a question or comment about the show, please send an email to Chris at com. That's C-H-R-I-S at M-A-R-Q-U-E-T international.com. Now, back to Fraud Talk. Welcome back. Welcome back, Fraud Talkers. It's, this is your host, Chris Marquet, and I am joined uh, with uh, Jim Ratley, the president and CEO of the Association of Certified Fraud Examiners, the ACFE. And we are talking about, uh, right now, we're talking about the report to the nations that the ACFE puts out every single year. It's a terrific report, chock full of all kinds of data and statistics information. It's very helpful. Uh, it comes from the ACFE members in their annual survey and can be downloaded directly from acfe.com website. Uh, and if you'd like to join the discussion, call in. Please call in. We'll welcome uh, questions or comments or, or just join the discussion. The number is 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790 if you would like to join the show or email me at chris at marquetinternational.com. That's M-A-R-Q-U-E-T international, all one word, uh, dot com. Jim, welcome back, and uh, thanks for joining me again. Thank you, Chris. We're talking about the uh, the ACFE's report to the nations, and, um, and some of the t- statistics that, that you came up with based on your surveys. I mean, we talk about asset misappropriation, and we talk about you know the average duration that that some of these cases last. I know in our, our own studies that these things can last years. I mean, literally, um, and. You know, oftentimes when you're talking about a small business, doesn't necessarily have a lot of resources. They got a single bookkeeper uh, who decides, for whatever reason, to take advantage of the organization and basically fleece the company over however many years. Um, Jim, we were talking offline there, and you mentioned how um, the success rate and the preventive uh, uh, prophylactic, if you will, that having an ACFE, I'm sorry, a certified fraud examiner really, really affects the, both the dura- duration and the loss, the magnitude of the loss in these kinds of cases. Uh, 
we know that you can never fully completely it's going to happen um, but uh, the question is, can we detect it early? Can we, uh, can we uh, quantify it? Can we then prevent it going forward? Tell, tell us about, a bit about that, Jim, if you will. Well, first off, ignoring fraud is not the answer. It's important <laughs> that, um, you know, when we first started the Association of Certified Fraud Examiners, the big complaint from our members is the certified fraud examiner designation. They didn't, the word fraud made the employees uncomfortable. Now, with all the larger frauds, we've gotten to where fraud is out in the forefront now, and we'll say the word fraud. And uh, I mentioned earlier in the show, it's so important to have a way to respond to the information you get because companies are starting to realize that the money spent on prevention is money well spent. And to have a a way to respond to allegations and red flags. You know, the report to the nation shows that the average lifespan of a fraud is 24 months. And you've got to realize, Chris, there are no small frauds, only frauds that have not had time to reach maturity. So 24 months, I can steal a lot of money from you. When, when the organization has a certified fraud examiner on staff, that 24 months is cut in half to 12 months. And and that's part of a a a adequate prevention program is to have a way to respond so that you know most people that come to work for your company they don't intend to steal when they're hired they get there and they have the opportunity you know it's coupled with a financial need and then once someone gets the ability to rationalize um, that's when the fraud occurs but. You have to create the perception of detection to prevent fraud. It's imperative that you do that. And that's by having a response mechanism, that's one of the things that you do to create that perception. And when you say response mechanism, are we talking about like fraud hotlines? Or are you talking about, uh, what do you mean by that? Well, you, you have, you know, if you look at the ways fraud are discovered, um, it's, there's a graph there on our report to the nations. Um, the 42% of the frauds are detected through a tip. Um, and, and so what you want to do is make it conducive for someone to call in and report a fraud. And the hotline is the best method because it, it allows the caller to, have the, to maintain their anonymity. But then once you get that tip, that presents another problem for, for you, the auditor or the the manager, you've got, to, you've got to respond to that tip in some way. And, and you do that through having trained staff members that, that know how to handle a fraud case um, that, can, that can take that fraud case from A to Z, um, that can do a competent, qualified fraud examination of the information they get. Um, and it's imperative that that person be well-trained because... Um, you're dealing with someone's future, and there's always the possibility the person that um, the tip was about is innocent. That's so. true. That's true. So, so well, I mean, and, and one of the other interesting things that 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 I've seen is that a lot of cases you're talking about, you talk about 41 or 42 percent of the cases from your survey 
come in through a tip or a hotline or some coworker that somehow stumbles across uh, a situation, or maybe they're a subordinate being asked to do things that they're not comfortable with. Um, but we've also find that a lot of cases are simply found by accident. Is, is that have you seen that? Oh, you see that quite often. What happens is the fraud gets so massive that it topples under its own weight. That's what happened to Bernie Madoff. Madoff didn't turn himself in because he suddenly got a conscience. It just got so big that it toppled under its own weight. And, you know, as these frauds grow in size, it, it becomes more difficult, more and more difficult for the fraud perpetrator to conceal the, the fraud, to conceal the loss. Uh, you know, generally speaking, on, on any type fraud, but especially the asset misappropriation, they have to step outside the system of normal controls. And they do that, and at first, you know, the, the biggest thing that they have going for them is people look at them and think, oh, that person would never do something like that. But after a while, people start to notice and eventually the the fraud gets so big that they just can't conceal it anymore. Right, right. So sometimes it's a matter of, oh, this person's living a lifestyle that's well beyond what they what one would normally think for a you know, a booker bookkeeper making fifty two thousand dollars a year or something like that, right? Oh, you see that on a regular basis. I, I got a call two weeks ago and it was the bookkeeper. And he was making in the $60,000 range. He had an assigned parking place there at the company. All of a sudden, he quit parking at it. And someone, they saw him walking to and from work. One day, someone followed him. He had rented a parking place or parking spot about three or four blocks away. He was, he was driving a brand new, still had paper tags, Corvette on it, probably a $100,000 car. And... <laughs> He asked himself two questions. One, how did why, how did he afford that? But two, why was he trying to hide it? Right. It's, it's important, Chris, to keep in mind, people do not steal money to save it. Um, they steal money to replace money they've already spent. And so oftentimes they'll live a flamboyant lifestyle and uh, right under management's nose. Yeah, and that's uh, that's what I've seen as well. You have people who go out, they gamble it away, they they're buying. You know, t- you you mentioned to me some interesting uh, uh, facts about uh, the differences between perpetrators. And in my own studies, we, we've shown that women tend to be much more frequent uh, embezzlers than men, but men steal more. You you mentioned some other things about motivations and how they how they spend their money. T- tell us a bit about that. Well, in the report to the nations, and and this was something that didn't make the final cut, but I found it to be very interesting. Men, when they still have a a tendency to spend the money on themselves and or their girlfriends if they're married. You know, they'll be married 40 years to the same woman, and all of a sudden they'll have a, a younger woman on the side. They've got to take trips with her. They've got to buy jewelry. Um, doesn't matter that they hadn't taken their wife on vacation in 20 years. They they go take their girlfriend to Hawaii, and I don't mm-hmm. know what the draw is about Hawaii, but the money goes to themselves and their needs. Um, Report to the Nation shows that when women steal, the most common thing they do with the money is spend it on the children. Um, oftentimes, it's a child in college. They buy um, 
nicer cuts of meat at the grocery store. They they have the house remodeled. Their one weakness that they show that women have when they spend money on themselves is shoes. But other than that, they spend the money on on the family. So and we have the we have the Imelda Marcos syndrome going, it, correct? Exactly. And, and <laughs> you know, I, it, once again, I don't want to be offensive to the to the ladies listeners here, but uh, that's the one weakness they've got. But for the for the most part, they don't spend the money on themselves, and and most of them don't buy shoes or anything. It all goes to the household, to the children, and even to the husband. So it's it's essentially, and we we got to clo- close up here. We have to wrap up, then we'll come back. But essentially, we're talking uh, a very interesting dichotomy between uh, the way the psychology involved in what uh, both men and or women are, how they're stealing and what they're stealing and what they're spending their money on. When we come back, we'll still have uh, Jim Radley, the president and CEO of the ACFE online. We will be happy to take your questions if you have them. Uh, please call in. Again, the number is eight. 877-472-5797. Um, 877-472-5790. And we'll be back. Thank you. Stocks, bonds, investment opportunities, financial news, and talk. We can help. Call us now toll-free, 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Are you and your business well-prepared? For what, you may ask? Well, what about workplace violence, cyber attacks, or general business disasters? Listen for Fear is Negotiable, Business Survival Skills 101 with your host, Pamela Hill. We'll bring you case studies of the businesses that don't prepare and the consequences that can happen. We'll also bring you best practice strategies that can help you keep your business running smoothly. Tune in to Fear is Negotiable, Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Our highly competitive business world is fraught with risks and challenges. Critical business decisions must be made on a daily basis with precision when significant capital is at risk. When your organization is faced with a decision point involving opportunity and risk, consult with Marquet International, global experts in due diligence, investigations, and litigation support. Marquet International professionals assist organizations with vetting key individuals and businesses as well as conducting sensitive employee or executive misconduct investigations. Our experts work with corporate counsel to develop facts and intelligence related to parties and circumstances in litigation, including conducting interviews, deep background investigations, and asset recovery inquiries. We are recognized in the area of fraud investigations, response and business controls consulting. When circumstances require sensitive and professional fact-finding, turn to Marquet International, world leaders in investigations and risk mitigation. Visit MarquetInternational.com or call 617-733-3304. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? 
Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to Fraud Talk with Chris Marquet. If you have a question or comment about the show, please send an email to Chris at marquetinternational.com. That's C-H-R-I-S at M-A-R-Q-U-E-T international.com. Now, back to Fraud Talk. And welcome back. I'm your host, Chris Marquet, and this is Fraud Talk. We are speaking today with Jim Radley, the president and CEO of the Association of Certified Fraud Examiners. That's the ACFE. Um, and you can call us, 866-472-5790, if you have a question for us uh, or would uh, like to join the discussion. Um, Jim, welcome back again. We're talking about a bit about the uh, your report to the nations, which is, uh, again, and chock full of all kinds of terrific statistics and information uh, for those people interested in helping uh, protect their uh, their organizations and institutions against fraud. Um, one of the things I found in there uh, very interesting, and we're talking about. Um, you know the differences between the levels and the positions that people who in, in within the organization, you know, uh, cr- um, are perpetrating the frauds and and what that does and the magnitude of what they steal. Tell us a little bit about that, Jim. Well, whenever senior management is involved in a fraud, uh, not only is it harder to detect, but once you see the red flag, once you see the indicator, um, it's harder to to do a fraud examination on it because oftentimes they have the authority um, and the intimidation factor so that the fraud examiner, whether they be an auditor or someone from the security department, um, is, is stymied in their fraud examination. They just say, no, I'm not participating. And uh, as a result, it's, it's much more difficult to conduct a fraud examination against senior-level people. Um, and they they oftentimes have the support of other senior level people. And the thing that the, that the fraud examiner has to keep in mind is, in all likelihood, they they're not going to terminate that person. So after the fraud examination's over, they're still going to be an executive vice president, and I'm still going to be a fraud examiner. Um, they control my future. Right. Um, that makes it really of it's left. And of course, these folks also. Uh, create much uh, much greater magnitude of loss than let's say the a small bookkeeper or somebody in the purchasing department typically we're talking about correct oh yes you know monumental larger frauds and they and once again they go on for much much longer and let's yeah i'm sorry go ahead i was going to say oftentimes their actions you know as in enron at first, they don't quite cross that line where they they meet the legal definition of fraud. Um, so, it, it, oftentimes, the schemes they perpetrate are much more complex than the simple asset misappropriation. 
One thing, uh, and I think you're absolutely correct about that. One thing that uh, that I found is that typically, and I, I believe your uh, your own survey uh, supports this and agrees with that, is that small businesses, nonprofits, smaller organizations are disproportionately victimized uh, by frauds. You know, typically you've got, you know, you might have a single bookkeeper, maybe even an outside bookkeeper. You don't even have an inside bookkeeper. You have an outside person that comes in, you know, two days a week that does the books, um, and you entrust them with all, you know, levers of control of the finances, and because you're the entrepreneur, you're the business owner, you and you really don't want to get involved in, you know, purchase orders and invoicing and collecting and depositing and accounting, so you kind of, you know, turn a blind eye to that piece of it and you're as you said before Jim you're asking for trouble at that point in time tell us a bit about your your um, your thoughts on that and small businesses and, and, and what they can do to try to prevent uh, prevent these kinds of frauds well your characterization of it Chris is is a hundred percent accurate the the person that small businessman or business lady as the case may be is they're they're concerned with running their business, with you know, with doing whether it's a remodeling company or what have you. That's what their passion is. They don't want to be tied down with the running of the business, but it's essential that they have to. They're more than twice as likely to be the victim of fraud, and in all likelihood, there's a much bigger chance that it's going to put them completely out of business. There are certain things that they can do that don't cost anything. They're fairly simple. That, that the small business person has got to do, or they're, or they're dancing with the devil. You know, Tell us. The first thing is they have the monthly bank statement brought to them unopened. You know, they, nobody else opens a bank statement. They've got to go through that thing and look at it and see where their money is going out. That in itself would stop so many of the frauds. The, the most common fraud they encounter is their bookkeeper writing themselves checks. If they right. did that, if they had the bank statement brought to them unopened, that would solve a, a huge chunk of those small business frauds right there. The next thing is if they've got company credit cards, you know, it's all right to have the, the statement, card statement emailed to the bookkeeper, but you also have a copy emailed directly to the business person so they can look at it. And then the last thing is know your employees, know what they're doing. You know, walk in and sit down and talk to them about what they've got. Look at them, look at their lifestyle. You know, as we said earlier in the show, people don't steal money and save it. They steal money oftentimes to support a lavish lifestyle. Right, absolutely. I completely concur with that. Um, we did. We got a. Uh, we got an email question in from from Michael, and the question for you, Jim, is what role? And, and when we talk about this, this ties into another area. We talk about small businesses. We talk about nonprofits. I mean, nonprofits have um, some. Some are quite large, obviously, but they all have uh, uh, boards, and these boards are often you know people who love and support whatever the nonprofit's mission is. Uh, they're not necessarily fraud examiners and they're not accountants. They're not necessarily, you know, on the lookout for fraud. But um, the question here from, from Michael is, uh, what role does the board play in preventing fraud or detecting fraud on a more timely basis? Thank you from uh, Michael. Well, 
And, and Michael just asked a question that I wish every board of every corporation, whether they be nonprofit or not, would ask themselves, what can we do? And the board has got to be the architect of the fraud prevention program. Um, they've got to first set up a strong audit force that is knowledgeable about fraud. And um, they don't have to, the auditors don't have to conduct the fraud examination. They need to be knowledgeable about what type of frauds are likely to occur based on the type of business that is conducted there. And then the big thing is how do they respond when they see a red flag or receive a tip that a fraud's happening? What do they do at that point? And it's essential that the board give the the audit staff, if they're the people that are going to handle these tips, um, that they give them the tools they need to respond. And one of the tools is the support. Um, oftentimes, and I'm sure you've seen it, Chris, um, fraud puts you in an adversarial position not only with the people who perpetrated the fraud, but also with the people that hired you to do the work. They don't want a fraud to have occurred. And so you create an environment where a fraud examination is an acceptable task. And right. We're gonna we're gonna have to wrap it up in here in a second, Jim. And and you're I think you're absolutely right because again, and you have you're you're throwing good money after bad. It's often a very uh, sticky situation, um, uh, especially in some of these uh, smaller nonprofit organizations that don't necessarily have the the funds. Correct. Yes, that's absolutely correct. Okay, well, we're going to have to wrap it up now, and I want to thank uh, Jim Radley, the President and CEO of the ACFE, for joining us today. Um, thank you, Jim, very much. Uh, it's been a terrific discussion, and uh, perhaps we can have you on again. There's so much to talk about here. Uh, next Monday, 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 7 Pacific Time, uh, join us for another Fraud Talk uh, episode. Uh, next week, our guest is Joe Bonk, who's a fraud specialist at Allstate Insurance, and we're going to be talking about all kinds of different of insurance fraud. Again, thank you for joining us, uh, everybody, listeners. I am your host, Chris Marquet, and we look forward to having you again next week. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Fraud Talk this week. Please join Chris Marquet again next Monday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Don't become a victim of fraud. Tune in for another show soon. We'll be right back.